Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, college lacrosse fans? You are watching yet another week of the Lax Factor College Lacrosse Weekend Recap. It's a really long name. we got to do something about that. ton of games to watch. We've got Duke, Notre Dame. We've got Virginia, UNC. We've got Michigan and Maryland. We've got Ivy League battles. You name it, we've got it. So let's get into it. Before I do, be sure to like and subscribe. Those are the two main things you can do to support the channel. If you like this video, it will perform more uh, better. Uh, also, be sure to hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when we put new videos out and the last thing you can do to support us it's the best thing you can do to support us buy a t-shirt go to laxfactor.com buy a t-shirt they're cheap it's cool we've got a bunch of t-shirts we got the lax factor t-shirts and others up there that you can purchase to support our efforts here and let's not waste any more time let's get into this First game I want to talk about. We have eight and three Duke taking doing battle against five and three Notre Dame. Notre Dame needed this win badly, not just because they're five and three and they can't afford to be five and four, but because ACC is brutal and they've all got battles left to go here. Duke didn't need it quite as badly, except they were sitting at zero and two in the ACC, so they needed to get an ACC win. Notre Dame just needed a win period. And in the end, they didn't get it. Duke pulls this one out 14 to eight. Nikai Montgomery is one of the big stories in this game. The kid has developed. He start he, he finished the season strong last year. He started the season out slow. I felt this year, and he had a huge breakout game, only one goal, but four assists. And it was done in a way that it was just incredible, and it showed his evolution as a player. He fed the backside. I, I, I dare say this was game-planned and that there was something in the way that Notre Dame was sliding that Duke was better prepared for than Notre Dame was prepared to counter it in the end because Duke was just picking Notre Dame apart on the backside. Um, it, it was it was Actually, it was incredible. Like It was incredible that Notre Dame would half-slide to, say, Montgomery – and then Montgomery, three steps, boom, he's hitting somebody on the backside. So huge game for him. Joe Robertson and Brad Smith, usual suspects, three goals, two dishes each. Turner Upgren played solid in cage, nine saves for Duke. Connor Morin was one of the bright spots for Notre Dame. He goes for four goals and two helpers. And freshman goalie John Zulo, 13 saves for Notre Dame. So he was another bright spot. Those are the only two bright stops, bright spots, by the way, for Notre Dame. They looked rough. Duke controlled this game. Uh, pretty much starting in the, the third quarter, they started pulling away, and even though Notre Dame chipped back in to make it 14-8 and look semi-respectable, it really wasn't. Notre Dame has a brutal stretch to finish off here. They've got Marquette, Cornell, and UNC to finish off. So they got one more ACC game, but they've got Cornell and Marquette. Marquette, I think they're 6-4 and four after yesterday, so they're no slouches. So Notre Dame could not afford to lose this game because if they finish 1-2, and two, uh, to finish this out. They're okay. They're at 500. They got the ACC tournament and they'll be able to make the tournament as an at-large bid. If they finish one and two, 
over this stretch, then they need to win two games in the ACC tournament to to get into the tournament, and that's going to be tough. The loss to Richmond is what's looking back is what's really hurting Notre Dame. Granted, Richmond's a good team, so I'm not saying that Richmond shouldn't have beat them. I'm just saying for Notre Dame, that was one of those games you put on your schedule that you expect to win. They didn't win that game, and instead of sitting at six and three after a loss to Duke, they're sitting at five and four with this loss to Duke, and it's it's a brutal final stretch of three games for them to to get through. UVA and Marquette is who Duke is facing. So Duke's fine. Nine and three, even if they drop those last two games, nine and five with the ACC tournament, they're happy. They're not going to drop those last two games. They'll probably, they have a good chance of splitting them. Let's be honest. Marquette, even though is capable, they're capable of beating them, they're probably not going to. UVA, that is a toss-up. That's a pick'em game. So excellent game out of both teams, though, and Notre Dame needs to handle their business coming into the last three weeks of the season. Next up, Virginia. North Carolina. North Carolina comes into Charlottesville to play Virginia, and Virginia comes away in a battle 11-10. And honestly, North Carolina, I felt like, played the better game throughout. It was sitting at, at one goal. UVA was was up a goal going into the fourth. North Carolina scores. They take the lead. I think North Carolina ended up with a two-goal lead at one point early in the fourth quarter, and then Matt Moore... And Michael Krause, they each, uh, Moore scores two unassisted goals over a two and a half minute period. And Krause scored one unassisted goal to flip that from a two goal deficit to a one goal Virginia lead. North Carolina, I think it was Timmy Kelly scored to tie it back up again. And then my man, Dox Aitken, he scored the first goal of the game. And Dox Aitken scores the final goal of the game to get the win for UVA at home. So UVA to finish off, they still got Cuse and Notre Dame left. Or UNC, I'm sorry, UNC to finish off. They still have Cuse and Notre Dame left. So that's tough for UNC. But like I said, UNC's problem in previous years had been not taking care of business in the beginning of the season when they were playing their non-conference schedule. This year, they handled their non-conference schedule. So they're sitting at 7-4 and four with two ACC games left and then possibly the ACC tournament sitting after that. So they're okay. They're sitting pretty. It, we're looking at a year where all four ACC teams could potentially get into the tournament as long as none of them, you know, just completely tanks towards the end of the season. Michael Krause was a freaking monster on the day. He goes for five goals and a dish. Matt Moore, quieter, two goals and a helper, but his goals were important in the fourth quarter. Both of those goals coming unassisted in the fourth quarter. They were huge. Docs Aitken, just two goals. He's quiet, but he scores the first goal of the game, and he scores the game winner, so they will take that. Docs Aitken is an incredible midfielder. Alex Rode played tough, 14 saves. Nikki Solomon, has looked really good all season for Carolina. Looked good again. Three goals. Timmy Kelly, two goals. And Caton Johnson, Carolina's new young goalie. He came up with 12 saves, so he was solid throughout as well. It was a hell of a game, but UNC now, or, or Virginia now, sitting at 9-2. and two, They are looking tight. Toit. They're looking toit. And North Carolina, 7-4. They're also looking pretty good. The ACC, I mean... Uh, I pray for any team that has to play any of these ACC teams in the tournament. Although I'm, you know, also having to pray for the ACC teams because there are a lot of real good teams waiting to put up a stinker uh, on the ACC, waiting to play the spoiler. I guess I should say. Another excellent game this weekend was Cornell Harvard. Cornell struggled, but Cornell struggled last year early as well. And it seems that they may be after that tough loss to Penn. It seems like they may be regrouping now and getting their shit together. Cornell now sitting at 7 and 3 after beating Harvard 19-11. Harvard drops to 5 and 5. The I, there is no easy out in the Ivy and Harvard one of those 
you know, one of the lower teams in the Ivy right now, still a really tough team to play. Cornell, they led 4-3 at the end of the first quarter, so Harvard was hanging tough. Then Jeff Teat came into play. Teat scored three goals in the second quarter. He busts a hat trick in the second to help boost Cornell to an 8-4 halftime advantage, and from there, they rolled. Uh, I think Harvard got within two or three a couple of times, but Cornell would just score right, answer right back and, and, and keep boosting that lead. Teat finishes the game with a monster five goals, three assists. Clark Peterson, Pedersen, five goals, two assists. Piatelli, two and four. So Cornell, their, their attackers were just lighting it up. Chase Erlin looked solid in cage. Again, 14 saves on the day. Uh, Miles Hamm and Kyle Anderson both go for three goals and a helper for Harvard in the loss. And Harvard, to finish off their stretch, they, they can still get three quality wins. This is the weird part about uh, teams that play in these really tough conferences is Harvard's sitting at five and five. Not looking too good to get into the NCAA tournament. I'll tell you this. If Harvard can go 3-0 and to finish this season off and they beat Penn, Princeton, and Yale, now all of a sudden their, shots, their shot isn't so bad and they've got the Ivy League tournament to play still. Cornell, really tough stretch. Sitting at 7-3 and right now, they've still got Syracuse, Notre Dame, Brown, and Princeton. So two tough Ivy League battles for them and Syracuse and Notre Dame in that mix there. Syracuse is actually Tuesday, this coming up Tuesday. So huge, huge game, quick turnaround for both teams. Actually, no, quick turnaround for Cornell because Syracuse didn't play this weekend. Loyola uh, and Lehigh both sitting at the top of their conference. Loyola coming into this eight and or seven and two and Lehigh coming into it seven and three. So both teams sitting pretty. Both teams want this win so they can, you know, prove they are sitting there at the tops in their league, and Pat Spencer had himself another day. I had shot a video that I never launched where I said that I didn't think Pat Spencer was going to be able to put up another 8 to 10 point. I, I said he wasn't going to be able to put up another 10 points, but that he'd probably put up 6 or 8. He ends up putting up 11 points, 5 goals, 6 helpers on the day. He was crazy, and he did a lot of that early. Chase Scanlon has just continued his quest at being a first-team All-American as a very young man. He goes for three goals. Aiden Olmstead looked good off ball, three goals. He had a, a a good feed from X from Spencer where he kind of you know continued his cut down, cut underneath his man and scored. So his, his developments looked excellent as well. Stover, 15 saves. Jacob Stover has quietly put together one of the best seasons of a goaltender for any goaltender in, in Division One. He had 15 saves in the day. It wasn't close. It ends up being 15-9, and it looks like it might have been respectable. It wasn't. It was 9 nothing at one point in the first half that Loyola was beating these guys. I think it was the first half. And Lehigh, they just... They made it look respectable in the end, but that was that was after Loyola, you know, gave up a quick two or three. I think it ended up being ten two at halftime. So they just let them chip away a little bit as they got subs in and, and took the foot up their foot off the gas a little bit. Loyola not looking good at coming into the end of the season in terms of the toughness of their schedule. They have three eight-win teams to face leading into the end of the season. They have to play Georgetown, they have to play Boston U, and they have to play Army. And then their fourth game to finish the year is against Lafayette, which they're under 500, but they're a, a solid team as well. So that is a brutal stretch for Loyola. But at eight and two, that's okay. Even if they go two and one or one and two, they're they're still tournament bound and they still have their own conference tournament to handle after. Lehigh, they've got three cupcakes uh, to to play and then Holy Cross to finish off with. So both of these teams have four games left. Both of them um, are going to finish above five hundred, and both of them are going to be primed for their conference tournament come the end of the year. Hopkins and Rutgers doing battle. Hopkins sitting at. 
five and four, and Rutgers coming into this one at six and four. So both teams in the Big Ten need this win. Both teams need this win to keep any chance of making the tournament alive for themselves. And Hopkins comes away with the 15-13 win. It was a good battle. Hopkins actually jumped out to a 6-0 lead. Uh, so even though, once again, this looked tight 15-13 as the final. It wasn't quite as close as it looked. They jump out to a 6-0 lead, let Rutgers score a couple, and then it went back and forth until Rutgers started chipping away at the end and Hopkins held on for the win. Darby, he was key in Hopkins going up 6 to nothing. Darby made a bunch of early saves to keep Hopkins hopes at spreading this open and, and getting themselves a, a, a comfortable lead. That was all Darby in the beginning. Well, not all Darby, but a mix of Darby and Hopkins doing handling their business on offense. It was homecoming, and of all the people to trash on on um, on Rutgers during homecoming, ends up being Joey Epstein, the freshman. Five goals, three assists. He's starting to make, to make his argument as being one of the best and most solid week-by-week-by-week players in the country. Not just one of Hopkins' best players, but one of the best teams in the Big Ten, or one of the best players in the Big Ten, and one of the best players in the country. Five and three. Cole Williams, three and two. Kyle Marr, two goals. Kyle Prouty at the faceoff X goes 21 of 30, so that goes a long way in getting Hopkins this one-goal victory. Gallagher and Charlem Beatties. Gallagher, four goals and a helper. Charlem Beatties, three goals and a dish, so they both look good for Rutgers. Hopkins, to finish off the season now, once again, I, I, I wanted to cover who these teams finished up with leading into the end of the season because a lot of these really good teams at the top, they have brutal schedules moving forward. Hopkins, sitting right now at 6-4, and four, they've got to finish the season against Ohio State, Penn State, and Maryland. They have to fight tooth and nail to A, stay above 500, and B, just continue to get quality wins so that as long as they're above 500, even if they don't win their conference tournament, they're going to get a look at making the tournament because it's tough this year. It's not the year where you can go where Hopkins can go eight and seven and just make the tournament because their strength of schedule. There are a lot of teams that will be sitting on the bubble that will have good arguments in terms of quality wins, maybe a bad loss here and there. So Hopkins needs to win at least two of these final three games. And that is going to be tough with Penn state and Maryland being two of them. And then Ohio state's not a slouch either Rutgers there. It's no easier for them, Maryland, Michigan, and Penn state. So the big 10 is a brutal conference. You can make the argument. It's the best conference in the country. I think that the ACC would have something to say about that in the end, but either way it is, it is brutal and it's going to be tough for both of these teams down the stretch to be able to win enough games to make sure they're feeling comfortable going into uh, selection Sunday. I think it's selection Sunday for lacrosse as well. Another game of import, uh, was High Point and Air Force. High Point coming into it at eight and two, Air Force coming into it at seven and three. So this was a a huge battle for both of these teams. High Point comes out, they they get the win, thirteen nine. By the way, they come up, they're winning four two at the half. They use a five two second quarter to separate themselves from the pack here. Asher Nolting had a monster day once again. Continued on his quest to be a first-team All-American. He goes for three goals and six helpers on the day. Ben Baker, who's also been a huge part of this high-point success, he's good for three goals. And my boy, Tim Troutner Jr., 11 saves. He looks solid in cage. High-point to finish off the season. Mercer, Bellarmine, you know, they should win both of those games. And then Richmond, and Richmond is tough. So they got to finish the season, a conference game against Rich- Richmond, who I believe is right now winning their Southern Conference uh, in terms of just uh, conference wins. So High Point has to win those two games, Mercer and Bellarmine, so that they can head into Richmond and have a shot at, at, at 
evening this out and winning their conference in the regular season. Uh, they could be 11-2 and two heading into that game against Richmond, and I, I will go into who Richmond has. I don't think I'm going to actually cover who Richmond has next, but Air Force, they have Richmond up next, and then two winnable games against VMI and Bellarmine. Uh, Air Force could help High Point a lot by beating Richmond here uh, next weekend. So it'll be interesting to see. High Point now at 9-2. and two. Nobody saw that coming. I, th- I thought High Point was going to be good coming into the season. I did not think they were going to be 9-2 and two good. Honestly, at this point, I figured they'd be 7-4 and four good because I figured they would lose that game to Virginia and Duke. But 9-2 and two good is looking toy for... High point. Air Force seven and four though. Uh, the the you know just another military academy that is doing excellent. We get deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, and now we are going into Maryland and Michigan. Maryland 16-11 winners over Michigan. Now Maryland sitting at nine and two, so they are having a really good time playing the sport of lacrosse right now. Logan Wisnowskis, he has five goals and three assists, as did his teammate Jared Bernhardt. They both go for eight points on the day. Dubik two and zero. Snyder one and two. Alex Buckenavage, kid. Even in losses, the kid just continues to impress me. Michigan is not. Michigan does not look like a team that's that whose record is three and seven while you watch them play. And Kevin Mack two and two. Buck and Average three and one. Buck and Average is a sniper. This kid, he's got a tight release. He keeps his stick right in the pocket. He's throwing passes across the field without barely with the stick barely leaving his ear. He's sniping corners while guarded, playing off like these little pick slip two man games where he's almost playing hide and seek behind his defenders. So watch out for Buck and Average, man. This guy, I think he's only a sophomore. This kid can play lacrosse. Gunnar Garn was terrible in cage for Michigan. Nine saves versus Danny Dolan's 14 saves. He looked good with 14 saves against just 12 goals against. So Maryland continues to roll. And like we said, they're sitting pretty right now at the top of the, the, the not at the top of the Big Ten, but, you know, in, in, sec- I believe they're second place in the Big Ten. And games left here, they've got Rutgers, Ohio State, and Hopkins. So they, they've, everybody in the Big Ten is going to have it tough to finish off here. But Maryland at least sitting at nine and two right now. They're, you know, that only Big Ten loss is to Penn State. So finishing the, the last three outs going to be tough for them, but they're looking okay. Another one that was interesting was Boston University sitting at eight and at seven and four coming into this game against Army, who was sitting at eight and two coming into this game. I actually figured Army was going to pull this one out, but the snipers from Boston University handled their business. They win the game 15-13. They improved to eight and four. Army is now eight and three. Two of the teams here that I like I mentioned that Loyola still has to play that have eight wins or more, or eight wins. So that was a really tough game. Jake Cates, four goals and two assists for Boston University. And then Timmy Lay and James Burr each put up uh, hat tricks. Chris Gray on his quest for Twarton consideration. He goes for two goals and four helpers. That kid is lights out. He's an incredible player. And it's been interesting to watch his evolution. Army is led by Brandon, Brendan Nick Turn, three goals, two assists, and then they spread their scoring out down their roster. Uh, Jack McCorsley and A.J. Barreto, neither of them had really good games, so it wasn't a battle of goalkeepers by any means in this one. But I wanted to cover that one, though, because these are two eight-win teams that Loyola now has to turn around and face to finish their season off. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Fairfield Towson. Wanted to hit Towson up just because I, I actually didn't know that 
this was a tough game. I, I pictured this being a tough win for Towson. They end up handling their business 14-7 to improve to 7-3 and three on the season. Uh, we got Luke Frommer and Brendan Sunday both go for four goals and a dish. And Tyler Canto looked strong in cage. He ends up with 15 saves on the day, so he needed a good bounce-back game. He got it. So that was a good win for Towson. They handled their business well, m- way more than I thought they would against a 500 Fairfield, and now Fairfield drops to 5-6. and six. Another team. Another one of the eight-win teams that Loyola still has to face, G-Town gets a win over 500 Providence. Providence drops to five and six. Georgetown improves to eight and three with the 17-15 win. Their usual suspects, Daniel Bacaro, four goals, two helpers. Jake Carraway, who's been incredible this season, three goals, two helpers. Dylan Watson, three goals. So they played excellent. Owen McElroy, 12 saves on the day versus 15 goals against once again not a not a battle of the goalkeepers by any means and a guy for providence nick hats a papa papa i'm not even going to try to pronounce this kid's freaking name he goes for five goals and three assists number 25 for providence get a get a better name man because nobody wants to say that shit next one hofstra Four and seven, lowly Hofstra. Four and six coming into this game, lowly Hofstra. They beat seven and three UMass, 10 to nine at home. Big game for Hofstra. Not that it matters for them, but to take down UMass, who's sitting here playing with legitimate uh, tournament considerations uh, coming into this one. So UMass loses a heartbreaker to Hofstra. Ryan Tierney messed around and went off for six goals and two helpers on the day. That ends up being the win. Uh, Hofstra goalkeeper, Robert Casey, he ends up playing huge 16 saves on the day. That's another huge factor in that win. UMass was quiet across the board. They get a semi-poor effort out of their goalie, Scanone, and 10-9 loss is the result there. They dropped to 7-4, and four, and they still have a couple of tough games to finish it out here. They've got to play Towson next week, Fairfield, and Delaware. So that's a really tough loss for UMass that they did not want to drop that one. They would have been much happier going into those final that final stretch at 8-3. and three. Didn't happen, though. Another one, Ivy League battle. And this one was one I thought was going to be closer than this. Uh, four and five Brown hosting five and three Penn. And Penn comes in and kind of puts the hammer down a little bit and gets the 16-9 win. Adam Goldner had a crazy day, six goals and a helper. And Sam Handley, the dude who scored the game winner earlier in the week, he goes for two goals and four assists. Actually, it was last weekend. He goes for two goals and four assists on the day. Uh, Reed Junkin, big day, 15 saves. So that is huge in keeping Brown at bay. Brown's a legitimate lacrosse team, though. Uh, just couldn't get it done. Phil Goss, he went for 14 saves. Didn't look terrible in cage. Penn was just too much for Brown. So Penn at 6-3, and three, going down the stretch to finish their season off. They still have Harvard, Dartmouth, and Vermont. And Vermont tough one. Harvard, always a tough one. And even Dartmouth isn't, isn't a guaranteed win. So Penn's got a decent, decent stretch to finish off here with one more Ivy league battle against Harvard, but it's anyone's game. But the, the Ivy league has proved to be a brutal conference this season. And it's just been fun, fun to watch these guys play. Who do we got? Oh, another great one. Vermont fricking plays playing Albany. And I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm going to take a guess here. Vermont hadn't beat Albany in 2,918 days, 
thousand plus days. I believe it was 2,900, almost 3,000 days. Vermont hadn't beat Albany. They host Albany on Saturday. They beat them 10 to nine. Now this isn't your grandmother's Albany. This isn't the Albany from last year, the year before, or the year before that. This is an Albany that's struggling to find an identity without their former Twarton candidate, um, Connor Fields. The kid was incredible. So Dehogan Anacoka struggled a little bit, and he's you know kind of dealing with coming off the bench now as a midfielder at times. So Albany, they're trying to figure it out. They're still a solid team, though. Vermont proved that they are right now serious-ass contenders in the America East with a 6-4 and four record after this win. 10-9. to nine. Excellent game. Thomas. McConvey, three goals for Vermont, and then Sal Laria, he goes for two and two. Ben French, one and two. French had a pretty sweet diving goal late in the game. Goalkeeper Nick Washuda, one of the best keepers in the country. He has nine saves against the Great Danes. Dehoga, two and one. Jacob Patterson, two and one. You know, pedestrian game for those guys, but Albany drops to four and six. Vermont improves to six and four. Huge game in the America East Conference, and it was pretty fairly entertaining to watch, albeit it wasn't the greatest telecast. I did enjoy the guys who did the announcing of the game, and if you watch the highlight video that we did for that Vermont-Albany game, if you make it all the way to the end, there's just a funny exchange where the, one of the, the color guy is talking about um, somebody running onto the field with no shirt on. It was it was kind of a funny thing because, you know, I love the Homer announcers. People get mad when you have Homer announcers do games. I love listening to Homer announcers do games. There's nothing better uh, to me. Another important game, we have six and three Denver hosting six and four Villanova. Huge conference battle to be waged here. And Villanova comes away with the road win 12 to 11, proving that they are tough. They are scrappers. That win against Yale isn't the only good win that they're going to end up with this season. So they beat Denver in Denver's home stadium. Keegan Khan, three goals and two assists. That He was huge on the day. The big story in Cajo, Will Vitton, Vitton. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I guess I haven't seen Villanova play a whole lot here. He goes for 19 saves versus just 11 goals against. So he messed around and had a 63% save percentage, which was excellent to help Villanova improve to seven and four. Denver, Austin French, two and one. Ethan Walker, two and one. They spread it out. Ellis Geis, Jack Hanna. Somebody, please tell me that Jack Hanna is Jungle Jack Hanna's nephew, you know, because his sister really loved her brother so much she named her kid after him. Or even better, is Jack Hanna Jungle Jack Hanna's kid? I am almost 100% sure that is not the case, but someone lie to me and tell me that is the case because every time I hear his name, I just think of Jack Hanna bringing baby tigers onto The Tonight Show or some crap like that. They spread it out, though, so they're, they're all right. Alex Reddy had a tough day. Five saves against 12 goals against. So Villanova shot well and ready was not ready for it but uh excellent game though in the end and denver six and four they finished the season up against whoop st john's providence and marquette for them that's tough that's that's not easy all of those teams are solid and capable of beating them where they have to villanova finishes the season against g-town st john's and providence very similar uh schedules for them to finish off their seasons so that is the recap. We have a huge game coming up on Tuesday, Syracuse hosting Cornell. So that is a huge rivalry, a huge upstate New York rivalry, and both teams just badly in need of quality wins, and neither of them want to eat another loss at this point. So Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, we have that game. And then I believe there's another game on Tuesday night. What is it? Is it Loyola? Loyola and somebody plays on CBS, I think. So either way, 
That's the end of the show here. I'm sorry for rambling. As always, be sure to like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell if you'd like to be notified when we put out new videos. Go to laxfactor.com. Maybe buy yourself a t-shirt, get some swag. And that is it, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy the game that's on today here, the Big Ten battle between, I think it's Ohio State and Penn State. 